0: Hello and welcome to Maldorma TV. I'm Tobias Alber and this is episode 21. And I'm Magnus Alber. In this episode, we have a very special guest. We have the tabla player from the Krishnadas band, Arjun Bergemann. Yeah, in November of 2017, I met Arjun at the uh, Ramdas and Krishna's Thanksgiving Satsang in Maui, Hawaii. And after the Krishnadas concert, I asked Arjun if he would like to come to Maldorma TV, uh, Skype interview, and give his perspective on playing with Krishnadasa and his own spiritual journey. So stay tuned and listen to the episode. Thank you. Welcome, Arjun Bruggemann, to Aldoma TV. Nice to have you here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, and we met at... First, I think it was in L.A., the airport.
1: Yeah, it was in the airport, yeah.
0: Where I caught you, and uh, then we saw each other after the Ramdas and Krishnadas Thanksgiving satsang in Maui. Yes. Which was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I took the opportunity to ask you if you wanted to join our show. Yeah. Which I'm glad you did.
1: Yes, Uh, of course.
0: Because uh, for quite some while I have been listening to Krishnadas and known who you are as well. And I've been quite curious how the band members see their kind of journey with das and all of that. But before we get to that, uh, I would like to ask how you started to, your spiritual journey, basically.
1: Wow. Um, yeah, my my journey, now that I kind of look back, really started when I was very young. You know, some of my first memories were um you know where did i come from where where am i going to go when i this thing called death and um what if nothing existed
0: yeah
1: you know i used to sit there and close my eyes and, and think of what nothing meant the word nothing and i was like five years old or something like that but um but probably it was it was in high school you know it was around 15 16 years old and just, you know, just always had a wonder and a recognition that something is wrong here and life could be lived in another way, you know, and, uh, I started to read some Buddhism (coughs) and Hinduism, um, and, and just naturally started to meditate. Of course, there was, you know, some uh, psychedelic experiences that helped along the way, but, uh, you know, but, um, But that led very quickly into just uh, doing practice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What age did you have the psychedelic experiences?
1: It was probably in between 16 and I stopped around 22. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, spaced out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me and my brother have tried it as well. And so I know what they can give to the, yeah. To the yeah. experience and you can have these glimpses of things that yeah. really motivate you yeah to look further yeah. okay yeah. Uh, so you were meditating and trying these things yeah yeah
1: i was you know i at one point i i found uh taoism yeah uh you know the practice from china and um i found a teacher who lived in new jersey where i live and uh, i started learning these these taoist practices or internal um, energy movement and the first time I did one of these practices uh, called the microcosmic orbit and uh, the energy whatever you want to call it came up here that was it and I was like this this is the real stuff this is what I was looking for and I, I literally quit everything just like that and then I also I experimented for a while. I would, you know, do the psychedelics or, or smoke or something and, and then do the practice with that. And then I would spend a week or two just doing practice without anything. And then I would stop doing practice and go back to doing some, some stuff. And then I recognized that, you know, it's any kind of external thing was taking away from my feeling awareness and connect, connection inside the body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess you have to do the work. Uh, you can't get around that. I guess I that's my experience as well, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, this was this experience on Taoism. How old was you? were you? Down? I was twenty-two. Yeah. Twenty-two and
1: twenty-three, and I studied very close with this teacher until he passed away in two thousand and five I believe and during that time I you know I started playing tabla around the same time also okay.
0: how how did you why did you start to, to play tablas um, I
1: was a drum set player from wow. the time that I was nine
0: yeah I read you were in punk bands and
1: yes I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was in punk rock bands my favorite band was Iron Maiden I um, you know did that whole thing and, and still love that stuff but uh, then started studying jazz a little bit, and I found a teacher um, locally who was who became a good friend too. And he he let me listen to uh, Philip Glass one night at the same time, Jack DeJeanette, which blew my mind, and a span Oregon, which had Colin Walcott who played tabla and sitar. And that was one of the first times I heard tabla, and I said, like, "What is that?" You know. Yeah. And then I heard it in a few other. Uh, times different musicians and and I just fell in love and it was like this is something that you know and when I saw a picture of him like wow that's like from another planet I gotta play that and you know India was just coming all at me at once anyway so and also at that time I recognized that music was something definitely I guess you could say sacred and that I wanted to use for prayer for a benefit of something you know for something good and, and healing. So I actually stopped playing music. While I was studying my the, the Taoist practices, I, I stopped kind of being in bands and playing with people. I just kind of kept it to myself. <clears throat> and then I, um, after my, my Taoist teacher passed away, and I had this other kind of opening experience, which was quite interesting, um, I started playing tabla again. And that's when I met Krishnadas.
0: All right. And the tabla playing, when you started to learn that, <coughs> was that because of uh, you know, the spiritual side of it that you wanted to play tablas? Like Kirtan? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, it was just kind of something that I, I would do for myself every now and then. And, um, and I had this experience in, in, a, in a Qigong class, a retreat, the thing that I was on. And I, a lot of energy hit me. And, and I don't know what to call it, but I, I couldn't stop shaking. I sh- I literally shook for like four months. I mean, it was really scary, actually. Um, and and there was a retreat. Zakir Hussain, who's like the tabla master, um, was given a retreat at Omega Institute. And so a friend of mine, Ken, got me into the retreat for free because he worked there. And so that's where I really started playing tabla again. And I really learned the tradition of it proper technique and everything. I met Tai Berho, who used to play with Krishadas, who became my teacher at that time. And all the, the energy <clears throat> problems that I had grounded when I started playing tablet. again.
0: Okay. Do you know what triggered these energy problems? Um, I, I don't. I, I, I wouldn't
1: really call it a problem, but it was just something that... It was just an opening, Yeah. you know? I mean, you, you're around some of this stuff and you're doing all this... And uh, and sometimes you just open really fast, and you don't know how to control it, and and it becomes very real and a little scary. But um, we got it all grounded, and that's right when I also met Krishnadas.
0: Okay, because of this uh, yeah. um, teacher.
1: Because uh, because I met Tai, and and I was kind of started studying with Tai, and I would go see Tai play with Krishnadas. Yeah. All
0: right. All right. Yeah. And, and um, was this early on in Krishnadas's? career if you want to call it that
1: this was around 2000 in probably f- four 2003 2004 I met Krishna and um, I didn't start playing with him until 2005 and so I, I would go see you know Thai play pretty much just to just to watch you know my teacher play um, I was always <clears throat> at that point I, I did have devotion To something, but I didn't have a guru. And you know, from the uh, the Taoist point of view, sometimes it's more of just an open thing. Um, So I was, I was uh, at a kirtan once, and I saw everybody pranaming to uh, the picture of Maharaji, Nimble Baba, and I walked over and I said, "Let me try this," and I I pranamed and got up and started walking away. And then Krishadas said, "Well, it's it's I have to sing the Hanuman Chalisa," and that was the first time I heard the Hanuman Chalisa in in this life, anyway. And everything in me stopped, and was like, "I know this, you know what is this? Something inside of me awakened." And from that point on, I kind of started paying attention to Krishadas and less of Thai. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's amazing. Um, I also. Go back to that first Taoist experience mm. a little bit. Uh, was that like more like uh, an experience that you didn't understand, or did you see something that you could get a grip of, so to speak, like a glimpse of the self, or was it more like an experience of um, bliss, or?
1: <clears throat> it was. It was. It was an experience of, uh, you know, when you talk about this kind of stuff, you know, as you know. It's it's becomes very non conceptual, you know, it's become something that you you It's a feeling but not a feeling that you can really describe with the mind. It's it's like a different awakening You know, it's like if someone said well, what's your experience of having an arm?
0: Yeah, I you never that. think
1: about it It's just there, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's kind of like that. It's almost something is like ah, oh, like I, I Forgot about this. That's right this could also be my state of awareness this could this is who i am and then it's just it's just there you know of course it could fall away and you know and all that stuff we go in and out of that stuff but it was kind of more like that you know this 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 is how it is this is how it should be
0: yeah exactly but i guess from my own experience i have a bunch of experience as well and some of the early ones was more like you went into these states of being where you understood, okay, there's something else, but you didn't really get it what yeah. it was, and later on, so you, I would still say that I was a seeker in a way, and yeah, yeah, gradually you started to kind of go deeper and deeper yeah. and see things, so your awakening experience was that more like a first glimpse, and but you were still a seeker, you would say,
1: yeah, I mean it's. Well, that's the funny part. I was actually thinking about that today, like how we have all these experiences or, or awakenings where it's like, oh, okay, this is it. It's right here. I don't have to go anywhere. There's nothing to seek. And then all of a sudden the mind comes back in, and then all of a sudden you're looking for that again. You know, it's like I think Rumi said, you can't go to where you are now. You know, it's like you're – it's always right here, you know. So it's it's – it's when that I, when actually when we stop looking that maybe something can happen, but um but yeah, no practice I think you know all these different practices we do are to turn us towards that, you know, and and but we can also get locked into into identifying as someone who does a practice and you know and go on a whole trip about it.
0: Yeah, and also it, I you know. think being you know like kind of addicted to experiences. Yes, exactly. And thinking that that's it. And yes. that's also a trap. I, I actually, when I went to Maui and looked at, at the Christmas concert with you yeah. uh, this uh, November, I had an experience, and a very strong experience. I had several experiences. And I kind of realized that there's something behind the ups and downs as well. Yeah. And that really... you want to look because otherwise you're always looking for the apps. yeah yeah and that's yeah so i think ramdas talks about that from time to time as well yeah so fast forward again to meeting krishnas and and that stuff so how was how did it begin that you became his tabla player
1: um well he was going to brazil for a tour and um Ty couldn't go, and I was I was at Omega once again, and I was at soundcheck, <clears throat> and I'm not sure, maybe Ty talked to Krishadas about it, saying, well, why don't you try this guy, or something like that, um, but they really made it seem like it was an accident, and, uh, and Ty was like, oh, you know, could you play my tabla for a soundcheck just a little bit? I want to walk around the house and hear what it sounds like, so I'm just, you know, just grooving. And Krishadas says, Oh, you sound pretty good. You know, oh, thanks, you know. And then after the the whole night, you know, Chrisidas comes up to me and he says, Oh, do you want to go to Brazil? You know, and that just blew me over because it's like, what? You know? First of all, yeah, of course, but it's like, wait, I have to take over for my teacher? Like that's impossible, you know? So it was a big leap of just just okay, let's let's do this. And um, I did that tour and I did a lot of other tours in the states during that time that year and where Ty and I kind of you know shared things on and off and um, you know Ty also wanted to do a lot of classical playing, which you know when you play kirtan a lot and you, but you really want to play classical can mess up your classical playing. so so he eventually I just I
0: just took over and that yeah. was that all right. Yeah, and we're glad you did. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at a concert, I have only seen you live once, but I have listened to the music for quite a few years, and uh, I think you're the person that opened my eyes to tablas, basically. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, I have a pair of tablas that I bought in New Delhi, Old daily, uh, but... It's really hard to learn. <laughs> I don't have the patience.
1: But That's, that's a big part of the patience, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's not my call in this life to be a top player. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So when you played, I think it was, I don't remember which version of the Hare Krishna mantra, but when you're kind of at the end just... Hammering the tablets, and mm-hmm. it was so mm-hmm. amazing. I was just in absolute awe. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's something happens for sure. It's just, it looks like you're in the zone when you play, and it's just so fluid. So
1: yeah, it's it's it's, it's an interesting
0: experience. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, uh, Thank you. Know. Yeah, but um, I want to talk a little bit about how it have been for you playing with krishna das and all what that means l- you know learning about Ninkarul baba uh, ramdas and perhaps other people as well you know mentioned in the email cinema yeah and meeting people like this and playing kirtan quite often as a special practice yeah. what have all of this given you could you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah well, I mean, it's there's so many blessings that have come from this. It's, I'm so grateful. I mean, I don't know what I did in uh, in the past life to to get this, if there is a past life. Um, but it's, I've met so many amazing beings. Um, you know, also in the Buddhist side, so many great lamas, and really, you know got to study some amazing practices and also Yasirima for me was also like like a guru you know because in the physical body that's she's the one that really opened my heart you know I mean I definitely without a doubt you know Maharaji is also the guru um, but and I had experiences and dreams of him when I first started before I played with Ma and had a lot of other experiences um, but but she was really very, very important. And, um, and, and also just to be able to travel the world sharing this practice and, or, cause it's an interesting thing. I'm, I'm not really chanting. I don't chant. I mean, I, I chant in my own puja and practice in, in the morning by myself, but for kirtan, my job is to hold a space rhythmically and kind of anchor everything. Um, so I have to listen. You know, I'm very, very much tuned into where krishadas is going, you know. Um, and then also I have to listen to the audience and kind of just see it as all one thing and then play for that. So it's almost like, you know, you're diving into the mantra, the chant, like a river in a way, but also holding it, you know, rhythmically. Um, And you have to be very present. You have to, it's a, it's a huge practice because you have to be very present. You have to let go of what the timing should be or what this should be, because it's all moving. Um, and, And, and just, you know, just be in a different space as a musician. You're really surrendering everything that you've learned as a musician to something that's bigger than the music. Um, so it's 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 a beautiful thing to be part of, and also just you know, like I said, to travel the world and to see how it's helping people. You know the stories that we hear and and, and all this, and it's amazing, and also to see how everyone's the same. You know, especially in the workshops. You know, you go all these different, you know. It's different country different culture is different and everyone's got pretty much the same thing going on yeah.
0: and i guess um the hap- there had it happens a lot of things during these kirtan concerts i'm yeah. pretty sure at least it did for me uh, when i was there i basically remembered god in my heart that's the best way to explain it yeah uh but i think I don't have the words for it. What happened exactly? But yeah, uh, and also this is very interesting. When I was at uh, the concert and this experience happened, and meeting Ramdas as well, you Krishna Das, all of you are so humble. Uh, and sitting on the plane back home to Sweden, I noticed that a very strange phenomenon that I couldn't really how to put this into words whatever guru I thought about, it felt like the same. Mm -hmm. And like every guru was just clouds of thoughts and there was something beneath. And I had never had that experience before and it happened during this concert. Uh, And I guess you who do this so often, how deep do you feel? I mean, from when you began all these years ago and where you are now, do you feel that you have, you know, gone much deeper and started to go into this space more and more? <laughs>
1: um, so, okay, I could kind of answer that with this, what ma said to us once. She said, you know, doing Maharaji Seva isn't easy. Um, the closer you get to him, the harder the test gets. And I think that any any devotee will tell you that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there has been tremendous uh, experiences. Well, I keep on saying experiences of, but you know what I'm saying. We're, we're just, you're, you're in that love. You're in that space. You know, there's I've had times when I'm playing where my body's gone. I don't feel it. All I feel is this, a type of surrender or looking towards him and then everything is gone and there's just this, this happening of, of chanting and, and then also seeing, you know, I mean, there's so many, so many things that I've experienced while playing. Um, it's, It's so beautiful, but there's so much pain that comes with it too. You know, I mean, physically, it's really hard on our bodies. You know, I have back issues. This is happening. That's happening. I, you're never home. You know, so there's a lot of worldly things that you suffer from, or you kind of have to sacrifice in a way, or or give, try to give as as an offering. But um, yeah. But you know, it's 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 deeper. But then sometimes it's it's like. I'm right in the beginning again yeah yeah <laughs> you know and it's just like what happened <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. and I think that you know like Christian talks about this a lot where it's like a lot of the our, our work in how we're changing is off the radar you're not really aware of it you just kind of just live your life and complain most of the time like we do or be happy when good things happen and all this kind of stuff and and then you know something will happen to where maybe a year ago you would react more to and be blah, 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 and all of a sudden you're just like eh. yeah and Whatever. i guess
0: all this su- the suffering that you talked about that also comes with it i yeah. guess that perhaps all of these things float up to the surface because that's the only way to release it basically it yeah. needs to yeah, uh, yeah. show itself so yeah yeah, it's. Uh, I remember Krishnas talking about being with Maharaj was like 90% sitting in fire and 10% yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But the love uh, is worth it, I guess.
1: Yeah. I, I used to have that experience with Siddhima and I actually asked her about it because usually like the first week or so, you know, you're just like, oh my God, you know, please, you know. I mean, you're, 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 you're feeling her presence and everything, but it's also, you know, she's exposing so much that's inside of you and you're just like, Ugh. you know, then all of a sudden one day she just, Bunk, and it's gone. And I asked her, you know, I said, like, well, what is that? How come sometimes I feel so horrible? She goes, that's grace. You know, of course, <laughs> you know, you're seeing what's really there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I guess in a way that we have this idea of what enlightenment perhaps is, and it's the idea that it's the problem, basically. Yes, I think yeah. that you kind of have to accept that not being perfect is what is perfect, perhaps. yeah, in a yeah, way.: Exactly., uh, yeah. and um, yeah, see. so what's your relationship to Maharaji, your own personal?
1: Um, I, I see him as, as my guru, as my root guru in Tibetan terms. Um, I've, yeah, I, I feel him pretty much in, in a way, you know, kind of just like how we see space around us all the time, you know, um, I don't know what my personal relationship would be with him because I also kind of feel him that he's closer than my own breath. He's, he is me, right? He is us, so it's, it's so deep that, you know, it's, it's, it's not personal. It's, it's something that is, you know. But as, you know, I wasn't with him physically, so that kind of relationship of how the other guys had You know, joking around and and having him yell at you, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I I would love to know what that's like, but I don't. But I've, you know, things that has happened in my life, little Leela's, that happened where I was yelling at him. You know, definitely yelling at him, like, really? Really, you're going to do this to me? You know, and I've had a lot of that kind of play with him in my life. And then at the end of that um, suffering that I was going through I saw the teaching so he very much is also present in my life as that you know is this kind of playing little games and yeah tripping me you know and 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 doing this little thing but then showing me up see I'm here you know whatever whatever little miracle if you want to call it a miracle whatever of him showing that it's it's actually it's actually him you know in its own way.
0: Yeah, and I guess the forum was just a form. It's the same awareness right here, right now. Um, mm-hmm. I actually went to me and my brother to India last year to and we went to Kanshidam. and I had my first non so strong experience at Kanshidam mm-hmm. where I experienced uh, Maharaji. And the next day I was at another ashram The Harakan, Baba do you know what that Mm -hmm. is? Uh, I didn't have no relationship to that guru at all. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that much. But I had a very strong experience there where I realized that pretty much the whole trip to India, the thing with the gurus are permission slips in the end. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. it's the one, I mean, it's in you already. But going to India and meeting these gurus can give your mind these permission slips to see yourself yeah and so I guess it doesn't have to be the body of Ninclair but it can be in so many other ways as well
1: yeah 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 without a doubt without a doubt you know because he's he's any saint um, uh, on that level you know of however we, our minds want to judge what level you know but it's I mean they are they are everything they are in everything you know, they, it is their dream that we are playing in. You know, um, so they can they can do anything they want. You know, it's like, and uh, it's an amazing thing when you actually could see that and
0: feel that. Okay, so what are your relationship to? I mean, feeling of Ramdas meeting him. He's like. It seems to me when listening to him this day, this day, uh, that he's come a long way, basically. When uh, I had yeah. a really huge uh, impression of him, uh, experience when I met mm-hmm. him. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. what's your relationship and thoughts about Ramdas? Um, well.
1: You know, listening to Ram Das his talks throughout the years are just absolutely amazing. You know, they're just it's just <clears throat> you know, like our friend Bub says, it's just Maharaji just there, you know, just coming through. Kind of like Krishna Das sings, you know, it's just um you know, when I first met him, it was uh I don't know, what was that eleven years ago or something like that? And it was one of the retreats. It was before the open your heart in paradise. We used to have these smaller retreats, <clears throat> and I was staying at his at his house, the other house. And uh, I was there for like a week after the retreat, just alone. It was this, you know, Dasima Ramdas, and you know, Mike was around helping out, and me, and our friend Stephanie too. And uh, you know, we ate like pizza every day and watched movies. You know, I in and it was so nice to, to also hang with him on that level and he's the one actually that is because responsible for me accepting my name you know um, Sidhima gave me the name Arjun
0: right, yeah I was about to ask yeah. You about that
1: yeah she gave me the name but and Krishadas would introduce me live on stage as Arjun but I to me was still Alan yeah. you know um, so you know off the stage oh my name's Alan like well but he said, it's Arjun. And I, well, I, I, you know. So, you know, I was in Hawaii with Ram Das, and he heard me say, oh, hi, my name's Alan. And he looked at me and he said, who are you, Arjun or Alan? And it was like, whoa, you know? And I was like, okay, it's Arjun. You know, and that kind of changed everything for me. Um, but his his presence, you know, I mean it's 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 so deep, it really is. and I mean, in God I mean, his practice of, of of dealing with pain and suffering and the limitations of the body are at a hundred miles an hour every, all all day every day you know, so he's for him to be in the state that he's in with that, you know, I mean, it's that's amazing. It's really just.
0: Yeah yeah. And uh, he I trans think. and
1: he transmits that too. Yeah you know,
0: and, and, and he it talks. doesn't it doesn't really have to talk either. Just yeah. him sitting there quiet was pretty much enough for me. Yeah. To yeah. go into this piece. Yeah. But yeah. uh quite interested about this the name thing. Uh why do you think it was important to go by the name? Arjun instead uh, of Alan. What what What's the meaning of it? I mean,
1: well, you know when I when I received the name, we were in Rishikesh, and it was during my first trip, and I was just curious about the name. You know, I was like, "What would it be?" Because I'm still very much a guy from Jersey. You know, I'm half Sicilian. I'm, you know, I really don't want a name. You know, I'm Alan. That's who I am. Whatever, and. But I was like, oh, what would it be, you know? And then I, I, the curiosity just grew and grew in me. So one time, we were just with her. We were in Darshan, and and that thought was going over in my head. Should you ask for a name? No, but what would it be, blah, blah, blah. And then she's looking at me, and of course she knows what I'm thinking. So she started to say my name, but wrong. She was saying everything but Alan. Adam, this, this, that, and you know, AJ. And, and Jaya, her translator assistant and was going no oh, ma his name's alan his name's alan and she kept on saying other names so finally i kind of got freaked out and because everyone was like what's going on i was like ma do i have an indian name and she just laughed and she said krishna's krishna's best friend arjun and it was like whoa wow okay now what that means to me you know i think that literal translation of arjun is like pure or white or something like that but you know the story of the gita yeah um and not that that really you know that's just to do with me i think everyone obviously is going through that story but for me it was very you know it's like that's one thing coming into this life even at a like a young age that i was saying was things just didn't seem right and I didn't want to play this game. I did, not that I was suicidal and wanted to kill myself, not like that. But just like, I'm out. You guys do your thing. I'm going to be quiet. I never really talked much. I just was really into music and, you know, thought about out there stuff. You know, and that went through high school. It went through, you know, it was always kind of just removed, not, not wanting to play the game. And uh, for her to give me that name was like, it's okay to live,
0: yeah, it's okay right. to
1: be alive. Go ahead,
0: yeah, like a you know? rebirth, had a new, new life. Exactly, in a way, yeah. Exactly. And letting you know, go of old Alan.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and it's, you know, and it's what it's what you know Arjun did on the battlefield in a way. You know, it's like, okay, I'll fight. And so that's that's a practice. It's not like it completely happened, but you know, I think it was her way of saying waking me up a bit going, hey, get out there, do your thing, it's okay. It's what you're here for. you got to be human, you know. Uh, go suffer, <laughs> you know, but and be okay with it.
0: Yeah, I you think know, that's a quite important thing that you brought up there. It's, you know, learning how to be human. Yeah. Uh, for a long time I had this, I mean, that's the the dark side of psychedelics in a way, when you have these amazing experiences of being one with the universe and all of that stuff. Yeah. And then, after a while, I kind of realized, but first I need to learn how to be human properly. Mm. Yeah. And kind of called off the search of the, the more out there stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it's, it's not easy to be human and you need to, you know, accept what is. And yeah, that's powerful. Yeah,
1: totally. I mean, Eckhart Tolle, You know, he was, he was big for me. Um, also, I, I I sat with him and when he st- started to do retreats at Omega and everything, and um, I used to go with my Dallas teacher together. You know, and, and really, but yeah. I mean, he, he always talks about that. No matter how far you get from your body and how whatever experiences you get, you're always going to have to come back and deal with the stuff that's inside. Because it's through inside the body, not out there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And in a way, it feels like the suffering is, is the very door to happiness. When yeah. you embrace it and allow it, you kind yeah. of start to see that, all right, if I actually al- accept this suffering and look at it, it's yeah. love. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a that's a big thing, really. And it's it's a tough thing to, tough. to look at for most people. Yeah, and it, it, it
1: really is. And that's that's like the, a lot of the like being with Siddhima or being with, you know, uh, Shamsundar or, um, or just being whatever you know. When you when you have these experiences or, or this this feeling that arises from from wherever, who you are, all these spiritual concepts, all this these this idea of energy and pran and and all this kind of stuff fade away, and you're just you feel at home, no matter where you are, it's like you're, there's an okayness with everything as it is, and it's, it's okay that you're, you're, what, you know, it's just like,
0: okay. Do you feel that you can be established in that a lot of the time, or do you get pulled out of it? I get pulled out so much, <laughs> yeah. kidding
1: me? it's, yeah, I mean, you get, you get pulled out, it's all the time, you know, I was, I was, I was thinking too, you know, it's, it's amazing just, just within three seconds or a minute of like the waves of thoughts, uh, whatever karma, whatever it is, where just like, you know, oh my God, you know, my tooth hurts really bad and, and, and I'm going to have to go to the dentist and this really sucks. And then and all of a sudden the thought of like, yeah, but that thing's going to happen in the future. And all of a sudden you're in hope in the future and everything is okay. And then all of a sudden for one second you just stop thinking and you're absolutely present. Yeah. And it's like for that second you're enlightened, you know, and then all of a sudden it's ah but my, blah, blah, blah. just in three seconds. You know, I mean it's it's really an amazing thing. And of course to keep on, you know, doing our practice to step back from that and become aware. But I mean there's been there's been times where um for for a while, you know, that awareness kind of came in front a bit, and it was ah, you know, and there is a silence and stillness, and being okay, <clears throat> and then it goes really far in the back.
0: Um, kind of curious about you talked in the very beginning of this interview about when you were a child and was. Contemplating um, about nothing, uh, nothingness. Yeah. Uh, so, this idea of nothingness—have uh, you experienced any, anything about that? And it's a spiritual concept, you know, in Buddhism. And I have yeah. my own experience of being nothing, mm-hmm. at the same time as being everything. And there's actually no mm. difference between those two. And yeah, I don't know what's your relationship to your childhood
1: um yeah pretty much the same (laughs) i mean it's it's you know i was always into the negative not meaning negative as bad but the negative side of teaching or the buddhist kind of not saying instead of saying what it is not saying anything you know or trying to explain or um more the Zen kind of way um, so it's yeah it's exactly like what you said it, it's not that there's not anything it's just you know you know you ever hear of a Sokni Rinpoche? Mm, I don't know he's a he's an amazing um Dzogchen teacher his father was Tukul Urgen, and you know there's uh, Mingdur and and I think there's four or five brothers of amazing teachers of that really hold the transmission of Dzogchen and Dzogchen is an open eye meditation you know it's kind of but it's becoming aware of awareness how they talk how how they talk about so it's like you know there's there's the knowing where everybody is I I know that this is a phone I know I know I know it's this I know I know this practice I know everything and then there's actually step taking a step back where you're, you're thinking about it, you're contemplating. Okay, well, is this the phone? What am I? What's this? Who are you? Um, and then there's oh, awareness, where a thought kind of goes away and then you're just feeling, you're becoming aware. And then there's aware, the awareness of the awareness. Whereas clarity, perfect clarity. So that I would say would be maybe what there's what nothing would be you know and one time I was in a Sokni Rinpoche retreat and he sometimes gets together with smaller groups and he was just demonstrating to someone about how to just stop okay you know if you if you lose that connection you just stop and you just stop and you just look and you and all of a sudden it was like boom you know and it was there I mean, it was like, you know, it's like if there was a mirror and the mirror is always reflecting everything, what is, what would the mirror look like if it wasn't reflecting anything, you know? It's like, what is that? You know, like that's was, that's, was the experience or whatever that was, which is nothing.
0: Yeah. And I had that experience a few times, but when you go back to the mind, it's impossible to remember what happened yeah yeah because you your mind cannot even put words to it because it's yeah. beyond mine, and yeah, yeah, and I found myself a lot of times kind of trying to solve that what happened, and basically you have to give up and just stop trying yeah <laughs> and yeah. that's funny, something you said earlier where when I asked how far you have come and you said like I am at the same spot, basically, in a way that's pretty much i think uh i mean returning to the same spot here and now yeah yeah. that yeah. i i also have been thinking about it i had an awakening when i was 17 when i realized that i don't know anything about anything mm-hmm. and i'm still there i don't know anything about anything and but i have another perspective another relationship to that 20 yeah. years 21 years later but I haven't, yeah. I have learned a lot, but I don't think I learned anything, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, no, totally. It's, it's,
0: But it's, it's kind of, yeah. But it's very different. Yeah. You have a different yeah. relationship to not knowing, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. So then, yeah. So I kind of felt like when you said that, that when you were five and where you are now, it's not really that big of a difference. Yeah. But perhaps that, you know, like the answer. In a way, yeah,
1: yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's, Do you
0: understand what I'm become- saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it and also be becoming
1: that. You know, I mean, it's, it's. That's the difference between having an idea and your experience or even feeling something, in the mind. Going, oh, I know what that is. That's space. I'm, 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 I'm resting in space. You recognize that it's, you know, spatial awareness. But there's still a part of your mind that's thinking that and experiencing something that's becoming a subject and object. You know, when we're really there, you know, it's bam. It's, it's it. You know, there's no. Um. So that's. Yeah. So that's, that's that's different. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, essentially like what you just. Because I, I also had this experience with cinema once, where I was I was walking towards her in Rishikesh at night, and all of a sudden I was literally transformed, like way back when I was like probably five or something like that. <clears throat> and I used to have a little poodle, and when it was getting getting older, it would just pee anywhere, and I and I stepped in in the spot where she peed, and my sock was wet. And at the time I could, I had trouble saying my S's and I was walking towards my grandmother, which is really interesting and saying, I stepped in a pot, you know, like I couldn't say I stepped in the spot and everyone was laughing at me. And I was literally in that experience walking towards city mob, but I was walking towards my grandmother. And, but what happened was the awareness that I was and always has been in that moment as a five-year-old it's the same exact awareness that i was right now walking towards city ma and has always been in my whole life and never will be at any time you know it was a she for whatever reason was that experience back when i was five but she just did something where i was just like nothing has ever changed in essence this body changes energy changes thoughts change everything changes but Really, nothing has
0: ever changed. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the spiritual that's paradox, in a way that you just have to accept. <coughs> yeah. Everything changes, but nothing really changes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's a paradox, and it's not for the mind to figure out. <laughs> but, yeah. But but we are this paradox, so we don't really have to figure it out, I guess. Yeah. It's just well. look at it. Uh, and it just, it's not that easy, I think. But. Yeah. But uh, it's. it's pretty intense <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be alive <laughs> yeah Sidema must have been a real amazing person I, w- when we went to India I was actually trying to look up if there was a possibility to, to meet her but I couldn't find any information where she lived or anything so yeah we just gave it up so but yeah I never had the opportunity to, to see her yeah. but she sounds like an amazing being
1: yeah she was amazing she was, she was so sweet so humble and-
0: yeah you know, yeah, yeah, and also read the, um, Dada's book, um, A devotee story. I don't. I bought it at at the church in Maui, and I was really blown away, away by his story as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, was it um, by His Grace?
0: By His Grace, a devotee story. Yeah, beautiful book.
1: That book is insane. Yeah, it's so amazing.
0: So, did you have the chance to meet him as well?
1: No. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't even him. Uh, that's such a beautiful book, though.
0: Yeah, I also read um, K.K.'s new book, Bhumi. Yeah, I, worked, I went through that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's and actually went to... I have never heard about Tsumbhari Baba before. Mm-hmm. So we went to Kakragata and Padampuri. Mm-hmm. Beautiful places. I, I've seen, yeah. I didn't know that back then, but when I arrived at Kakragata, I realized that you guys had made a video there yeah at the bodhi tree yeah yeah I yeah. I, yeah
1: yeah that's such a beautiful place before the floods you know there's all these trees out by the river the little stream there and it was so it was probably the most beautiful place that i that i was ever at and then you know the storm whatever floods came and just crushed everything but um that's a really special place it really is yeah, yeah.
0: It must have been amazing to be able to travel so much on one hand. And, of course, on the other hand, it can be very rough as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been great. though, I mean, God, it's like, you know, <laughs> what a blessing.
0: Yeah. It's and didn't Krishna like- just say that he was going to take a break? Did that break even happen from uh, touring? Things like his back touring.
1: Yeah, like no, that, that break happened kind of.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For a short while. He's
1: back. He's back, and he's sounding great. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah.
0: So uh, perhaps it's time to round off. I don't know if you say round off in English. It's a Swedish expression, perhaps. Round off.
1: Uh, That sounds pretty cool way to put it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's been great to talk to you. Uh, Yeah, man. You too. Uh and uh yeah basically i i was just blown away by everything that you have talked about uh, uh oh, also it's great talk- you seem like a very humble person and loving person uh, it, i noticed that immediately when i met you at the airport actually in la uh so
1: well, thanks for saying that you too
0: yeah i'm glad you took the time to talk to me and Maldorme. yeah
1: it's great anytime
0: yeah uh, yeah so What's happening in the future now then? Do you have any Christian Dawson, the band, have any plans?
1: Yeah, we we're, we're, we're have a few retreats coming up. We go down to the Bahamas. We have uh, we're going to go out midwest a little bit. We're going to be going to Hong Kong and Japan and Australia during the summer. Um, I have uh, a side project that I uh, with Mark Egan, the bass player from the East Coast. We just put out a record, which is, I think is really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I actually... It's on Spotify, right? Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it. And your first album as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah really that's beautiful. Different. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's very different albums. Yeah, 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 yeah very,
1: but, very different. I have yeah. a lot of... In me... You know, inside of me, I have I have two more records coming out.
0: Okay.
1: One, nice. it's it's kind of like I split up the first record, you know, because the first record kind of had some rock, I had some world, had a little jazz. Mm-hmm. So I have another one record that's very kind of piano based rock, kind of. I don't know what to call it. Pink Floyd, Sigaroshes kind of stuff, um, and I have a world percussion thing, another record that's gonna be pure world percussion with whoever, you know. Um, do you I'm know when it's on.
0: coming out roughly?
1: probably around you know next year I'm really going to take my time with it you know I'm going to be so busy so it's hard to work on this
0: stuff but um, yeah uh, I'll be sure to put uh, a link in the description on the YouTube channel to, to your albums yeah uh, so definitely. people who listen can check them out uh, really great Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank then. you Yeah. thank you very much well thank you for attending uh, yeah Take care. Yeah, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>